magic business is a huge industry spending hundreds of billions of dollars annually. Unfortunately, many Africans rarely pay attention to the potentials inherent in the industry as a subset of the entertainment industry. On this episode, the Talk TV crew speaks to Zito Pella, a Nigerian who has been in the magic industry for more than three decades. Zito Pella, thank you very much for joining us on the program. It's my pleasure. Now, the business of magic. Yes. Please take us through the process. If I'm going to set up an operation where I want to engage in show business and the entertainment side that I want to operate in is magic, how do I go about it? Well, basically, you have to start from the scratch. And when I mean the scratch is you have to learn. I mean, you, you get to learn from professionals or formal education in schools. And that's how I started. I started training under my dad, Professor Pella, at a very tender age. I was actually seven years old when I started. And um, all through the years then, I was in school, primary school, secondary school. I was always going on tour with my dad because he had a very big show and it was more like a family show. So I was always in his convoy then. So, I started, I started at a very tender age, I had the opportunity to learn from one of the best in the world because my dad was uh, a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians, yeah. that's the world body of magicians. You see? So I started gradually at the tender age, I graduated when I left secondary school back in uh, at universities. But when I got to the university, then I was studying law. Please let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me cut you short there. Okay. If I'm going to start the business of magic, let's assume I've undergone training, I've been found to be qualified to yes. practice as a professional. Okay. How do I set up the organization and how do I run it profitably? Okay. That's fine, yeah. Yeah, but um, you've got to have a business plan like any oh, other right. business. business plan for magic? Yes, you do because you see, in recent times, then it used to be, uh, when you talk about entrepreneurship, it used to be in business. But nowadays, it's gone beyond that. It's gone into social and political activities. I mean... Um, so, so, so you do a business plan? Yeah, I have a business what plan. What are the kind of things that will be in the business plan? Um, if you the, submit the, a business plan to If, me, if I submit a business plan to you right now, you're going to be seeing my plans in the next five years. Where I intend to start from, what I want to get started with, well, the second stage of it, and um, all the all the hands I'm going to need to make it. Personnel, personnel, finance, personnel, marketing, finance, marketing, branding. So, so virtually the whole gamut of process, that's a merchandising business yes. or retail business or manufacturing business undergoes, is the same process that... It's, it's the same... It's the same process because um, I'm into show business. I'm a showman. I'm into show business. So I'm into the business of show. So okay. I'm a showman. So I'm a show business. I'm what are the other things that I need to put together if I'm setting up an organization where I would want to um, do magic as showbiz, yeah. as an entertainer? What would the organization look like? What's in terms of personnel, in terms of the structure? Yeah. 
Um, if we're talking about a manufacturing company, for instance, you know that the structure, you're going to have the MD, operations manager, admin manager, general manager, factory manager, okay. finance, you know, and so on. What's the structure of a typical magic business like? Uh, well, uh, the structure of a typical magic business um, is going to be based on my an organization. What I do in my organization yeah. is once I have a business plan, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to execute it, then personnel, for you to put a show together, you need assistance, you need personnel. Like, um, um, this is a continuation of my dad's show, Professor Pella's show, and during these days, he was known as Professor Pella, and he had and Lady Pella, you know. So my sister and I were playing the part of Professor and Lady Pella. Then we need state hands because when I was growing up, me and my brothers, we were the state hands as a state assistant, and that was when I was um, learning from my dad. I was like an apprentice under him, so I was doing. A master. My dad was actually my master. And you were like the apprentice. Yes, I was the apprentice. So basically, so now what I do is, I am the magician. I have my assistant. So I need stage hands, stage assistants who are going to set up the props. Yeah. So, but, but your own organization, the one that you head presently, the magic business organization that you head. Can you give us the organogram? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you know. Presently, I'm the hardest. I have a you manager. You are the product. Yes, I'm the product. Yeah. So I need someone to sell me. Yep. So I have a manager, which is very important. And um, I have a media man, a PR man, like a publicist, who's going to pull me in the faces of the people, social media, newspaper, television, radio. Yeah. But as it is, those are the two important post in my organization okay. the rest I do on my own because it's my business I take the decision and um, whatever I want to get done I have to think fast I make it happen I tell my manager what he has to do the PR what he has to do and um, basically that's how I get it running that's how you roll how do you prospect for business well, basically, the manager does most of it. The manager does most of it because that's his job, to just go out. And um, they have to really be in town to know what's going to know what events coming up, who to talk to. And I won't want to do that. I tell, I tell my manager and I tell people around me that I really want to concentrate on my hat. I want, I, all the time I have, I want to practice my hat. So if you wake me up in the middle of the night, that there's a show anywhere in the world, I just want to come and get everything done. So you free yourself from the business side as much as you can. Yes, I try so to. So that you can concentrate on the So arts, that I can concentrate the on the hat. But you, you, as we all know, people are very difficult to manage. So you still have to monitor them. You still have to push them, but um, it's working. Now, you started magic at a very tender age. Yes. You've been involved in it and you knew that you were going to take it up as a profession. Yet you went on to, be, to, to, to back an LLB and LLM in law. Yes. I can imagine a lot of lawyers out there feeling to themselves, how could you just go and get an LLM, a master's degree in law, 
And this is all you have to do. Is there any correlation, is there any relevance between that which you studied in school and what and the business of magic that you practice at the moment? Yeah, basically when I started out as a student, yeah, I, I just had this whatever I I want I wanted to be a lawyer. You get it? So I started with that. I was going to school from my prim no, not in my primary school. My primary school days, no idea. I was yeah, just doing my secondary school. school. I started having the ideas. <laughs> okay, I want to be a lawyer, and my dad actually supported it. He wanted me to be. You see, but at a very tender age, I've been assisting my dad on stage, and he saw the enthusiasm in me, and um, he knew I was really, really interested in magic too. Yeah. So he was training me in magic. Let me know, please. Yes. The training you had as a lawyer, yes. how has it impacted on your operation? In what ways, and I want us to be specific now, in what ways has it impacted on your operation? Yeah, basically it has, it has impacted on my operation because um, um, nowadays as a magician, I do contracts. I do contracts, I get, I get contracts to perform and um, with corporate companies, I study the agreement myself. I don't need a lawyer to interpret it to me. You know, there are lots of um, contracts that you can fault. I mean, maybe there's some hidden things in contract. I I do fish it out as a lawyer because I get I get for you to go and perform maybe in America or in, in England there must be a contract. So when they bring they bring the contract, they'll say, okay, let's meet also please with a lawyer. I don't need a lawyer. I'm one. So I go through that and um, take us through the industry. What's the industry like globally and nationally at the, on the African continent? Okay, yeah, you see, in um, let's let's start from Nigeria. My dad. My dad was the only professional magician in Nigeria, Professor Pella. When I was growing up, there was no other magician in Nigeria except for Professor Pella. And that was where I started my training. I mean, he was, um, was representing Nigeria in other parts of the world. As in, I was a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Um, they have these annual conventions. My dad would go. Sometimes when I wasn't in school, I'll go with him. So there's an annual gathering of magicians. Yes, there's an annual gathering of magicians in the US and in the UK. I know you're also a member of the Brotherhood. We still come back to talk about the industry. You're also a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. So you must have been going for conventions. What kind of things happen at the convention? So it starts from the church. It's a five-day thing. It starts from the church after prayers. We'll go, we have exhibitors, you go to the exhibition hall, you, you, you buy what you want to buy, you see who you want to see, you meet people, you meet great magicians, you meet, I was a very young boy when I met David Copperfield, David Copperfield, the foremost magician in America, he was my dad's friend, I met him at a convention in Las Vegas, you see, so that's, you, it brings magicians all over the world together, so it starts so from the journey, network, you, you network, ideas, you share ideas, and there are exhibitors, exhibitors, so it's like a five day thing, we have banquets, we have dinner, we have all kind of things you can imagine at a convention, so at the end of the day, at the end of the, the fifth day, it's still a prayer, a Thanksgiving prayer in the church, and everybody departs. And everybody departs. Coming up. What do you say magic is in your own parlance? And let me be specific here. In our, in our client here, 
we conceive of magic as something that has to do with voodoo or occultism or mysticism or animism, spiritism. Isn't that what magic is all about? Is it Everybody goes back to, yeah, to their location. To location. Now tell us what the industry is like besides the convention. What are the other activities in the industry that you can say these are the things that define the magic business industry in the world as of today? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you and I'm going to use um, David Copperfield as a study case okay. because he's one of the prominent, he's more, the, the most the prominent magician in America, you see. He is being on for a very long time, and I'll tell you, aside from my father, he's my role model. What is it that they do that defines their art and their business? I know he does television shows. He does television shows, he does stage shows, he tours the United States. Performs in venues, at venues, at venues. clubs. These, these shows are being organized by his management company, which is not the same as this company. They engage him. It's a contract. He's an artist. Yes, we want to sign you for five years. And that's what he's been doing. And they, he's been renewing the contract. He's been renewing the contract. So, so that's how the industry works. That's how the industry works in advanced countries. It's like you've been a supermodel, and then you have agencies. Agencies, that yeah. You have contracts with. You have contracts. So they prospect for the job and just invite you and take that you down. That is it. That is it. You don't. You don't know. Yours is yeah. They you, they they give you uh, an itinerary timetable. That okay. Next week, we've got shows here, here, and here. It's not for you to look for the shows. It is there. You've, you've even signed a contract. So it's really working good there. But in Nigeria, it's been difficult. I'll tell you, because I remember during my dad's days, my dad was uh, the soul, the soul and blood and everything of the show. There was no sponsor. There was no management company. There were, there were no corporate bodies. You know, so it was run like a family business. He was run he like himself, a, his wife, and his children, and, and his children. So he was sponsoring his shows. He was sponsoring his publicity. He was sponsoring whatever he did. Then it was solely his effort. But today, but today it's better now. You know, it's really better now because we you have professional publicists now. Professional publicists. We have management companies too. Yeah, but there's a clause to that, so... <laughs> Tell us that clause, you want to learn. <laughs> no, there's clause to that. We all know what goes around, you know, because they, they just want you to sign something. That's why I said being a lawyer, it opens my eyes to so many things. I mean, they just get you to sign a contract, loaded in it. You don't know some, some things that won't even favor you embedded in it you wouldn't know but as a lawyer i just i take my time i take my time i think the lessons that uh, entertainment people showbiz people and entrepreneurs generally yeah. should learn from this that this thing you just said is that you don't take contracts lightly get no. a professional no if no, you don't no. have the yeah. training if you don't have the exposure if i'm not a lawyer contract. i won't sign a contract without getting a lawyer yeah but so the fee you pay is an investment it's an investment and it's worth it is what about at the end of the day you just be in bondage for okay, let's, let's go ahead and continue our discussion about the industry um how do you get jobs 
Yeah, very well, thank you. Like I told you, I have a business plan, which I am executing, and uh, so far, so good. I've been in show business since um, I've been a kid, but when my dad passed on in 97, that, he was my best friend, so I had to take a break. I've been out of the country for a very long time. So I just got back three years ago, and just to revive magic, because since my dad died, the there's no magician in Nigeria, so all you see is comedy, music, uh, actors and actresses. I mean, magic, magic, magic was no. So, who is way. a typical client? I mean, tell us who is a typical client of your business. Anybody can be a client if okay. you've got things to sell. If you've got things to sell, if you've got services to provide, and. Um, you want you want to pass across a message. I mean, it's like you you know what magic is. Even if you see anything, yeah, anything that's exciting, anything that is cool, how oh, wow! Magicians just, create just, excitement. Anyway. Just, just like magic, it works like magic. So since I got back in the industry, in the show business as a magician, um, we we we've got chains of clients and corporate bodies. We we perform for Etisalat. Um, MC Hain, Nigeria Bureys, private companies. And when you perform for them, is it an open show or exclusive shows? Well, these are exclusive shows. Okay. Like I told you, I just said I have a business plan that I want to execute. I'm executing the plans. So this is my first stage. For now, you're doing commission shows. I'm doing commission You've shows. You've not got into open shows yet. I've not got into open shows. I'm doing commission shows to really, really bring magic back to people. Let let people see what magic is all about. Let yeah, people know what magic is all about. Not like, um, not like, for a very long time, people have been seeing magic live. I mean, if the few that have seen magic has been on television. Now, when you say what magic is all about, yes, uh, you were trying to clarify before the cameras rolled that what you do is entertainment magic. Yes. Basically. Now, please clarify for us. What do you mean by that? And what is magic all about? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, if I'm going to define magic, yeah, David Copperfield said magic is an act of making the impossible possible. David Copperfield said that. Then we have Harry Blackstone. He just put it simply: magic is entertaining hacks. You, you understand? But my dad, Professor Bella, he just said he described magic as an act which is better seen than defined <laughs> he never defined magic because he said if he was going to define magic from now till dawn what do you say magic is in your own parlance and let me be specific here in our in our client here we conceive of magic as something that has to do with voodoo or occultism or mysticism or animism spiritism isn't that what magic is all about? Isn't it about conjuring spirits and uh, whipping up Aladdin's, you know, like the Aladdin lamp? Isn't there some form of spiritual activity that goes on behind the scene for you to bring up those images that excite and entertain people? Good. That's a misconception. I'll, I'll tell you what magic really is. Magic is like any other thing you learn. And anybody can learn magic. I'm not... A magician, because I'm Professor Pella's son, I have friends that 
the parents are not magicians. David Copperfield's parents were not magicians. And you even said David Copperfield is a Christian, a committed yes, practicing a, Christian. Yeah, he's a committed That's practicing news Christian. To me. And the parents are committed practicing Christians. If you Google it, you get to know this. Is it? Isn't this just a smoke screen? Because we still believe that there's something that magicians do behind the scenes. No, I'll tell you. I I studied magic. I learned magic from my dad, Professor Pella. Then um, I went to magic school. I went to magic school in Italy. I went in uh, the United States. I went in the UK. And basically, for you to be a good magician, all you have to learn is the act of uh, meditation and concentration. Really? If you are able to meditate over what you want to get done, like I want to make my sister float in the hair, I must have meditated before I come on stage. And when I get on stage, maybe if I put her on a, a bed and I want to float to the hair, I get to concentrate. Once I'm able to concentrate, I get anything done on that so, stage. So, so all the resources you need to be an entertainment magician are the art or if you like the skills, the, the skills of concentration uh, and the, the skills, skills of, of meditation. meditation all others, that's all you that's need. all you need all others that you learn from the magic schools uh, your choreography your costume your music what goes with what and that is it aside from that nothing i i i won't come on stage and start chanting anything i don't chant anything i won't come on stage and uh charms and but no i just come on stage like a gentleman so the only resource you need or the only resources you need are your concentration yeah. skills yeah. and your and meditation, your meditation skills. skills once you're able to to master that once you're able to master that then you you achieve your goal as a good magician. So if I can get someone to train me to master the art of concentration and meditation, mm. I could come into the profession and start making money. Yeah, that's it. That's why you, like I said, like any other field, law, medicine, you have to study, you have to learn from somewhere. If I live in Africa, and I, because all of the training schools you've mentioned are in Europe oh, right, and yes. America, and I don't have the means of traveling to those climbs to undergo training what are the options open to me well basically the option open is you have to learn you have to learn from a professional from the masters like an apprentice like an apprentice but uh, as i am my dad show used to be a family show but now it's my show it's my show so i have when i was talking about stage assistants yeah. they are learning yeah. They are learning at a point in time when I feel they're good enough, they'll have to go and uh, start their magic show. What do you see that convinces you that these guys are good enough to be let go to go and do their thing? Yeah, this is from experience because I, it happened to me. I started training under my dad and then I started out as bring this, bring that, bring that. I mean, this is, it was, it, it was scripted, you know what to do next. So I started from there. So gradually, when my dad studied, I, he realized I was doing very well at it. Well, initially when I started, there were mistakes there and there, looked at me with a stand look and correct myself the next show. And gradually, gradually things were getting better for me and he promoted me to a stage manager. So when I became, for you to become a stage manager, then you are good to go. So when he promoted me to the stage manager, that means everything was in my care. So he, he wouldn't even, my dad wouldn't even come on stage until like um, 30 minutes to the show. 
then he'll come. He, that, he was, that he was rest assured that yes. So he, when you, if you have an apprentice now, yeah, you only need to look at consistency of delivery. Consistency of delivery and um, the enthusiasm and the commitment. Okay. The commitment, and I have loads of them. I have about four assistants working with me now. I know who is who. I know if one is better than the other. They're not. Their performance are not the same. I know. Okay, this is good. This is good. This is. I mean, they're not going to graduate at the same, at the same time. time. So one is going to come first, like what happened to me. So from the stage manager, my dad just promoted me. Then I was doing shows on my own. I I will premiere his show, I'll come before he comes in. I'll do the intro before my dad comes. That was where I started from. I remember the first time I had it, I can't remember what year now. We just got to the venue, he just said, okay, Zito, you're gonna do 10 minutes. And I was excited. So I just, yeah. Now when you want to choose, I mean, because I can imagine a lot of offers, a lot of people will be requesting that you make them your apprentice. Mm. Um, what are the checklists that you consider before you accept to bring someone on as an apprentice? Well, um, the basically, it has to be someone that is learned as in read and write. So, 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 so if you had a show tonight, and I want to come and serve as your stage assistant. I can read, I can write. I'm qualified. No, you're not qualified because what I said, you said before I start training someone. Before I can, uh, before you can come for training, I said that is what you need, okay. basically, to be able but for to you to be but for a you to assistant. be a stage assistant, you must have undergone training. I have. The, the guys on with me now, I've got uh, two girls, two guys, yeah, they've been with me a very long time, we've practiced together, we have scripts, we walk through the script together and we go through it together and most of the time we are practicing because I have a studio in Lagos. Yeah, you yeah. rehearse and practice. Um, we rehearse and practice, I mean, so they know what to do. So if anybody's coming now, you won't just jump on the stage because you won't even know what to do. So it's not as if uh, it's it's because they're already used to the script, they're already familiar Basically, with the processes. Yes. It's not because you have to prepare them spiritually. No, 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 no. You can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim. It doesn't really. It it doesn't like. I remember my dad telling a reporter then that Islam is my religion, magic is my profession. They're two different. Is that the only option? available to a new entrant in this climb yes that is the only option that is the only option because you have to be trained it's like going to school so the first thing first you want to be a medical doctor you have to study for it what does it entail to set up a training school well there are loads to it because um you need to get authentication from the international brotherhood of magicians the world body of magicians so they're going to give you a checklist and once you once you meet the checklist then it'll, it'll be authenticated you're good to go good to go now coming up how much street magic as they do abroad you see it working here oh.
As far as an entrepreneur who sees a gap that can be explored or exploited, but I'm not a magician, I can't set up a training school, is that what you're saying? No, no, you can't set up a training school because for you to be a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians, you have to be a magician. For you to be a member of the Nigeria Bar Association, you have to be a lawyer. Yeah, but we're talking here about just setting up a school. I, I, I'm not asking that I want to perform magic professionally. I just want to set up a school and bring magicians to come and train other well, interested. It doesn't work like that when it comes to magic. You have to be a magician. You, you must have undergone uh, tutelage under a professional magician. And who is even going to recommend you who is even going to recommend you to the international body now, before you can become a member? Now, do you do branding strategy? Because, I mean, since you manage this as a business, yep. in today's business balance, we talk about branding strategy. Do you also apply the principles of branding to your operations? Yeah, basically, like I just said, I told you I have a business plan, yeah, which I am executing. Which is not the same as branding principles, actually. But I, I do know that um, you costume in costumes and the processes are part of the branding strategy. But uh, you would also agree with me that if it's a business, then there must be marketing tied to it somewhere. Of course, of course, there's marketing tied to it. So, uh, what's your marketing strategy like? A typical marketing strategy. Well, like I, I besides I said, the publicist that does your that, that puts you in the public consciousness and puts your uh, skills, your art in public consciousness. What other kinds of uh, marketing variables do you explore? Do, do, well, do that's you what I do for now. The marketing strategy, a publicist that is putting, you, you know, like um, I'm just coming back into the industry mm. because two, three years now, I mean, it's a gradual thing. Yep. Rome wasn't built in a day. I haven't been around in a long time. So the terrain is still kind of, um, I, I'm getting myself familiar with the terrain. Yeah. And um, it's really coming up well. So I've got loads plans ahead. But for now, I have a good publicist, a PR. That is doing very well. So all about collaboration that we have in other climes um, with non-magician organizations like uh, media organizations like uh, um, performance theaters, you know, clubs, venues, basically. And, and so on. Yeah, is, basically, is that part of your plan? It's part of my plan. Like I said, you see, I have a business plan mapped out, and um, I'm just going to step by step. And I will find God. The fourth stage is really. It's really looking good. It's really looking good because um, this has brought us lots of good clients. So, so. Your, your own entry, this is your second coming to this client. For now, is commissioned performances. Yeah, for now, it's commissioned. Why are the other options open to new entrants who don't want to go that route? Yeah, new entrants, new entrants will just want to go straight. What are the other options available to them if they don't want to start with commissioned? performances um, where they get commissioned by corporate bodies or individuals at their, at their events. What are the other options? I mean, you also mentioned that advertisers could also use you as um, subjects mm -hmm. of the advertisers. Um, yes, That's yes. The way we have other entertainers. Uh, entertainers. Those are
you've mentioned all the options it's most done. of you you've just right. done as a magician you can just decide that okay i'm i'm, I'm starting afresh i'm a good i'm i'm a new i'm new in the business i just want to go and um have a tour of nigerian schools basically people do that you can just say okay i'm going to all the schools in nigeria if you want to do that and, 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 and put together your own show you're going, yeah the first thing is you put together your own show if you're sure you have a good show which <laughs> you must let people tell you that because i'm i'm really i'm always pleased when after a show a, a an audience walked up to me a, a part of the audience walked up to me and said oh that was good that was good i haven't seen this yes i look for feedback and i get good feedback and sometimes you get mixed but you get, I mean, there's some that will say, well, that was scary. What they did was scary. I mean, some people don't like freaking things. How do you know if they're telling you the truth? It's because, I mean, our client people like to look polite. So, <laughs> so how do you deserve No, I, I, Nigerian people are blunt. I'll tell you this. It's only your family or your friends that will tell you, yeah, that, that might be hiding things from you. But I've not met you before. You don't even... You don't even want to walk up to me if you don't like my show. You understand? You don't even want so, to so walk up to me. Performance, performance at venues, yeah. uh, like doing high institution tours, what are the options? Because I really want us to explore the You could do high institution tours, shows, which they do uh, in America and in England. Well, I wanted to do it, but it's still part of my plan. Like, I haven't been here, I've been away for a long time, yeah. I'm fresh, I'm back in Nigeria, so it's still in my plan. I'm, I'm so, what, I still want to ask. What other options? The, the, Based the, on your experience in other climbs, the, what other options? The other options is to have your own show, your home moving show, like a circus, from states to states, from schools to schools, clubs to clubs. These are what, what you can get in the United States and in Europe. I have what friends that... your own television show? Well, I think magic, I think magic, basically, um, one kind of a person that don't support magic on telly because people, <laughs> people are so funny that they could walk up to you and say, okay, what you did on that telly was a camera trick. You understand? So that's why I want people to see it live. Yeah, maybe I'm going to get to a stage where I'll go telly, but for now, I'm, I'm reviving it. I'm reviving magic, so I want people to see what magic is, to to really appreciate it. Okay, so if anybody sees this on the screen, it could say, "No, this is no camera trick. I was at the show. I saw him did this. It happened on my dad's day. People were like, someone even said it to the extent that my dad hypnotized the camera." I said, no, that, that my dad hypnotized the audience. And someone was not saying, but we saw the same thing on the camera. Did he hypnotize the camera? The guy said, ah, he's a magician now. <laughs> he could have done that. You get it. What about street magic as they do abroad? Do you see it working here? Well, um, I, I have a mixed feelings about it. You see, anything you see on the streets in Nigeria, you just think, um, is a low-life person doing it you get it but when you see it in Europe these guys are not low-life um, Chris Angel 
is a millionaire, yeah. he, he does street magic. But for me, I've actually had someone say, how would you just be doing something on the street, doing shows? No, how, how did it happen? Yes, I have a manager. I have this phone company. They, this phone company contacted my manager and they said they wanted to have a road show. Okay. And my manager just called me and told me, ah, I, I spoke with the representative or so 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 whatever and they 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 were organizing a roadshow and they wanted you to be there and I, he, he said he just told them that no without even contacting me because that's his own impression of a roadshow that how can how can zito do a roadshow on the street you understand so when he told me that I know that was that's his impression. So me, I did, I I wouldn't do it too. Okay, but, but do you see a potential in it? I see potential in it because they do it in Europe. Because I think it's just the mindset of the people. You understand? If people can really, really maybe see magic with an open mind, watch magic with an open mind without being biased, no extremists, uh, no fanatics. You just say that um, you can see a comedian on the street. But even if you see a comedian on the street, you say ah. Who's this person? Maybe he's a low life. But if you see a known comedian on the street, mm -hmm. you you start appreciating it, and that's what gave me the good feelings about it. That you know about I can. Creating products for children, like the magic box thing, like creating toys that can do one or two tricks. Yes, we we have that all over the world. We have that if you if you walk. Having that here, do you oh. see it uh, being a commercial success? Well, I see it as being a commercial success. If but what I'm doing now is to enlighten people let people see what magic is all about let people know magic is not diabolical let people know magic is purely entertainment if i'm able to do that if i'm able to convince loads of people then i see that as being a source so your own concept of Commercial success has to begin with uh, creating awareness, sensitizing the people, basically, uh, helping them to have the correct uh, impression. impression. Basically, of, of magic. basically, that is the, the first the stage. stage that is the first stage on my business plan. I need to ask. I've been wondering now that you're here. <laughs> when you can create food, you create clothing materials, you create different kinds of they are edible. They are edible. No harms. I, I do that at children's show. I I produce sweets. sweets I, yeah, biscuits. I produce sweets, biscuits, and the children take it. There's nothing to it. Now, if you conjure clothing materials, can I take it home and wear it and use it on a permanent basis, or it will disappear? It won't disappear. It's going to be permanent. It will never disappear. It will never disappear. It will never disappear. So that means you can conjure money. No, I but I don't do it. Why not? It's against the ethics of my profession. You know, every profession has their ethics. Yeah, if and you violate that ethics, you don't tell it's not about. It, it's not about telling them. Even if you don't tell them, yeah, when, um, when, when something starts going wrong, you know that, okay, I violated this. Now, um, have you ever been accosted by anyone who just asks for a favor? I'm tired of my spouse. I'm sorry, I've just been cheap. Can you please just make my spouse disappear forever or for a week or a month? 
Well, I've got loads, loads of people coming to me for making all kinds of making all kind of. He even started from school, you know, back in Ife days, you know, through throughout my years in Ife from first from part one to four. My dad never allowed me to perform magic on stage in school, you know. But then, whenever I was going on show. And I was another day. I'll go with him. But when he, he, when there was shows on campus, and I said, "Oh, Dad, I want to be part of this show," say, "No, not yet." So I was wondering, "That why I, I can do this? I'm just going to do five, ten minutes." He said, "No, he, he never allowed me." Now to my final year. So I, after my final exams, and we did a show, a third month show. There about then it was. So I told him, and I said, "Okay." And I said, look, there is this show coming up, and it's my club. There was a guy, and I said, okay, you can go ahead. I said, so why? He said, you finished your final exams. So I now did the show. The attention I started getting from that day after that show, yeah, it was as if I was never on that campus. The attention people were always coming. Ah, has it all do this for me? Ah, has it all do, do this like for me? People so, asking you the conjure questions. Like question, that. yeah, yeah. After then, <laughs> you know, initially from first, first year, second year, third year, because I never did magic, all the new was that ah, this is Professor Pelerson. This is uh, his dad does magic and this and that. But when they saw me, and then I was like, ah, so this guy can do magic. After that show, People, I was like, hey, like, like a mini god on campus. It was like, hey, that's Professor Pelaston. Some people will even shake me. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to turn into whatever. So I now, when I now go back home after the show, my dad said, I was sure, fine, fine. So I now told you what happened. He said, yes, I deliberately didn't let you start from part one because if you had started from part one, you wouldn't have concentrated on your study because it would have started like that. It would just, you would have become a star. Oh well, we just laugh it up. We laugh it off, and um, uh, that is it. If you want me to make your spouse disappear, so so we just laugh it off, and um, that's how it's been. Coming up, it happened again in Ondo. My mom was levitating. We got to a stage. She couldn't go up and she couldn't come down. So I was on stage. I was the stage manager. Yeah, before a performance. Footballers, we know they go to the gym. Yeah, and yeah, be yeah. Before a performance, all I do, like I told you, I will say my prayers. No, I'll say my prayers. Make sure I I, I finish my prayers. Most shows we have, yes, as a Muslim, most shows we have now. Most shows at night, so I finish my prayers. That's what I learned from my dad. We would have finished this prayer. If we, even if the show is coming up in the afternoon, I will say my afternoon prayer. Then, when I'm going on stage, then I'll be back home. When I'm still at home, some minutes through the show, I'll meditate. This is what I want to do. I have a script, meditation and concentration. So when you go on stage, you have to concentrate 100%. 
if no, no, If you go on stage and lose concentration, things can go wrong. Yeah, my sister can fall off from the air. You know, things can go wrong. Anything will go wrong because, and that's what I say. When I'm on stage, I smile, you know. But I don't even see anybody. So you're not smiling at people. It's just part of the choreography. It's, it's part of the choreography. You know, people think you're smiling at them, yeah, but you're not smiling at any particular person. I mean, you're, you're just, just it's just thing. that, uh, for me, it's just blank. Yeah. You're just doing your thing because I, I mean, it happened to one of my friends before. He said he was doing something that was in Spain, he was doing something, then he was carried away by this girl that was flirting. I was doing a <laughs> And this guy that was like flirting with him on stage and it was like yeah so something something went wrong with him. So it could be fatal. Yeah. It could be fatal. Yeah, so that's um that that's the essence of learning this thing, going to school, mastering things. So I it's it, for me it's, it's all training. in all. Uh, I'm really trained for that. So yeah. no distractions from the audience. No, no distractions. No, 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 I won't leave no, your wife is not watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. no, after the show you could see pretty babes, but not when you're oh, on stage. No, I know when very, very memorable performances. I, I watched many of your late father's performances okay. on TV yep. growing up. And one of the most memorable was the way you used to cut up Lady Pella there. <laughs> so uh, sometimes it take, she's standing up and she's taking off her yeah, head. Yeah. And then sometimes it keeps her in a box and, yep. and, and saws the box into pieces yep. with her there. Mm. And then suddenly she comes out from the box again. Yeah. We haven't seen you doing such performance. Can you do that as well? Uh, well, um, different kind of audience in Nigeria. Okay. In Europe, in America, you you see people do things like that. I mean, but they call it gory. They, some call it freaky. Some call it scary, you know? But I've tested the terrain here in Nigeria. And I can say that most of the audience, they, they don't want to see things like that. They really want to be entertained. I had a show where I sliced my sister's head off and almost half of the whole went out that day because they were scared. I had a show where I suspended my sister in the hair. The hair plus was grand. So I, I, I really studied the terrain and I know what people want to see. But, but some people still like freaky, some people still want scary. But you know, you see, because I remember what you just said about my dad. I remember a very long time ago at the National Art Center in Lagos. No, my dad used to do cutting and my mom would be in the box and the cutter into two. So there was a critic in one of the newspaper then, he just wrote that, well, why was Professor Pella, why did Professor Pella have to put his wife in the box to call? Why can't he just cut the wife in open view and people could so, so my dad now took up the challenge and my dad I remember my dad had an interview and he did say, Look, I'm an entertainer. I want to entertain people. I don't want to scare people. So that's why I do that and I hypnotize her before cutting her and no. no, no, no. no.
was. Yes. So my dad now took up the challenge. So he had that show at the National Theatre. And I remember Chief Obafemi Olo was the chairman of the occasion. Uh, Araji Latif Jakode was there. There were loads of big nutrients. Yeah, yes, yes. And my dad just brought, well, I was seeing it for the first time. I was a young boy then. I was still in secondary school. And you put your mom on the table. Yes, on the bed. And he now used this gigantic sewing machine. It was very big, massive sewing machine. For yeah, for timber, the big one. And it just went. I was in the audience. I was in the audience. My sisters, everybody were there. My my brothers. My brother was a stage manager then. So they, my big brothers. So my dad just went. When he put, when the saw just went through, there was blood everywhere. People were running out of the hall. Some people. The hall was half empty. There was blood. Because I was going to ask you. Yes, there, you there, there was blood. Because then, he, because he wanted to entertain people. You, he, he, yes, no, but, you know, that was why he was putting that in the box. That well, he didn't want to scare anybody. Right. Yeah, so we just do so a kind of. He saw that openly, and people were running out of the hall. And something else happened. Someone did something, and my dad couldn't get mom back together again you know so my dad had to come i knew he was very very confused he was worried he was going backstage coming back he was going backstage coming back and um, after a while they just covered up blood stains and everything covered up mom's body and he just picked the microphone and just said well ladies and gentlemen um we're really sorry about this but uh, if you have the ticket for this show you can bring it tomorrow no, not to collect the morning back. That will continue tomorrow. Okay, that the show will continue. Yes, tomorrow. And after then, my dad just left. I did not even see my dad. The driver just took him also. And the driver the took of... us. And the body was there. So his assistants were in the hall. They were all in the hall. You know, after the show, my dad just went. When we got to the house, we saw his car, but he was just in his room. New Year, he had gone to meditate, he was in the room with him. So the next day... And where was your mom's body? He was there, he was on the bed. He was not a box, he was on the bed and he was covered, blood stain. Yeah, blood stain and everything. He was in the papers and um, people talk about this a lot. People of his time, people of his age, people were there. Chief of Papa Mahalo was there. Uncle Wale Awolowo of Blessed Memory too was there. You know, so they were all like confused, they were panicking and they all came to the house, but nobody saw that. Because they had lots of people. Yeah, they were all banging, but the next day he just came out. He did not even speak to anybody, he just came back straight to the theater and he was backstage, still meditating. Everybody came, the hall was full. The hall was full and um, I would all came back. Jack and they came back, all of them were all there. So at the end of the day, my dad came on stage and um, he now narrated that he was really sorry about what happened. And I'll tell you what, somebody came on stage. So somebody actually did a video? Yes. Somebody came on stage, um, a commissioner of police in Lagos State, then. I can't remember his name, I was really young. He came and said, said he has killed his wife. That won't happen because he was his friend. And I said, no, don't worry. Said, ah. 
because we got a report and this is why we were police were all there and everything so when my dad just came on stage and narrated what happened the, the blood stain our body was still there now covered it back the silver body was there for the whole of today. yes yes and she was breathing no, she couldn't be breathing. She was, she was gone. She was dead. Yeah, she, she was gone. His boys were my, the assistants were there. So how did they put her back together? Well, he was um, covered it up, and he was making a statement and this and this and that that he's just an entertainer and um, well, he was doing that act for the first time anyway. You know, like I said, openly, yeah, yeah, openly for the first time, cutting into two in a box. He does that. This and I said something, and this, 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 this went wrong. And all of a sudden, he covered the the, the body was there. He, he covered it with another shit, a uh, clean white shit, and he started the he started the levitation. The all was. It all went wild because it started levitation. The body started levitating into the air, and all of a sudden, he pulled the cloth off, and she was not there. And the next thing, she was beside the Raulo. Right there. Yeah, right there. Ill and healthy. He's in the papers too. Even my mom had an interview last year <laughs> with the the reporter referred to it. Yeah, so. It happened again in Ondo. My mom was levitating. We got to a stage, she couldn't go up and she couldn't come down. So I was on stage, I was the stage manager. So I, I, then I now realized what could be happening. So immediately, my dad went backstage, he meditated. After like 10 minutes, he came on stage and mom was able to come down. And and after the show, my dad just rushed to the entrance of the hall and people were going, as people were going out, he just pulled one man in and he dipped his hand into his pocket and he brought out a padlock. And my dad said, what did I do to you? Do you know me? And he just prostrated. I wanted to test. Power. Yes, that someone does just gave him. All these live experiences, <laughs> and you still want to go ahead and do magic? Oh well, basically I've got the training. Like you see, experience they say is the best teacher. I've been trained. I've experienced this with my dad. Was he? He was. He was not in it alone. Then if I lost my mom, what would have happened? We were in it together. I mean, we couldn't sleep. We were all crying over that. And it happened. So he told me what happened. So I knew. So now I'm. I'm ready for that. Yeah, I can guide against that. And, and that's why I said, you. You must be good. You must get training in meditation and um, concentration. Perhaps maybe other things that you're not telling us. Uh, well, there are no other things like I tell, like I'm telling you, there is no voodoo in magic. Magic is what you can learn. If you Google it, I mean, you'll see training schools for magic.